here in Eugene, Oregon, around the world. Wednesday night, we had an unbelievable challenge to us. And I tell you what, many hearts were spoken to. This morning in Sunday school, boy, my heart was spoken to already. You know, we need to be asking, what does God want us to get out of Missions Conference? This is not just going through the motions. We are here to learn for God to speak to us. Next Sunday, we'll be taking up our faith promise cards. And if I could just say this, if I were to look at a priority of my giving, it would be number one that we ought to give of our tithes and offerings. And there ought to be given that which God lays on our hearts. And I believe that we ought to be given to missions before we give to the building project. Did you hear what I just said? Now, we're in a multi-million dollar building project. But I shared with our missionaries, since we've taken on this building project, we've taken on 14 missionaries. God blesses the word being spread around this world. Now, I know Brother Kale is preaching, and I, but I, I, I just have to get a little shot in here. Is that all right, Brother Kale? I know your time is limited, and we've come to hear him this morning. But I want to encourage congregation, listen to me. We have four days, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, for God to get a hold of our hearts in whatever he has for us. Let us pay attention. And let us do whatever God speaks. Can you right now say, God, if you speak to my heart, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Can you say that right now? Why don't you just make that commitment for the Lord? Father, I pray that as we start this service, Lord, help us to make our commitments unto thee that we are willing to do what you ask us to do. Maybe you're going to call someone into the mission field. Maybe you're going to call someone to start giving faith promise or to, to give towards these missionaries that are here. Whatever it might be, God, help us to be obedient unto thee. We're going to stand before you and give an account of our stewardship. And if we've already been challenged this morning in the untapped stewardship of our lives, God, help us to be witness. Help us to start right with ourselves to be missionaries here in Eugene, Oregon and to spread the gospel all over the world. We'll praise you for that in Jesus' name. And all God's people said Amen. Amen. Now let's not go home. Let's not check out. Brother Cahill, what a blessing to have him here this morning. Amen. You talk about a needy area. Cambodia. Brother Cahill, we are proud to have you as our missionary. Will you come and preach for us this morning? Amen. I'm going to read the Bible in the Khmer language. The Cambodian language is called Khmer. Can you guys say Khmer? Okay, good, good. Not quite, but good. Okay. Okay, Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. <clears throat> Thanks so much for having us, Pastor and uh, friends. And uh, we've been here so many times. And I told Pastor Nate, we, we probably didn't stop at your prophet chariot more than anywhere else. And uh, home away from home, amen? amen. And uh, just th- th- uh, thank you again for your faithful support and prayer. And uh, I received email from some of you uh, uh, from time to time. Really appreciate that. Amen. And uh, we are, we are part, we're sent out Pacific Baptist Church, Long Beach, California. And uh, we worked as a team there in Cambodia. And we have started three church in this, uh, this uh, first five years there in Cambodia. And uh, I'll share with you uh, some more about that. But uh, I was um, um, thank, thankful for a church like yours that support missionary. I was re- reached by a missionary in, in Atlanta. Okay, and uh, um, I grew up in the South, amen? So I love the country five state, amen? And, uh, but uh, I'm glad. One thing I'm happy to be in America, I feel uh, normal or um, uh, feel comfortable because in Cambodia, I, I, I stick out like a sore thumb, the reason why I'm so much bigger than everybody else over there. And I come over here, I'm so much shorter, amen? I have to look up to everybody. But, uh, so, but in Cambodia, they, they look at me, my people there say, man, this guy is definitely, not in Cam- definitely from America. He's eating a lot of hamburger, amen? So uh, I, it is true. You can ask my wife. I, I, they could tell I'm from America. But... Uh, so let me turn the Bible. 
getting off track. But I do thank you so much, Pastor, uh, for your support. And uh, Mark chapter 1, just going to talk about salvation and discipleship, the cost of discipleship. And uh, I want to encourage you to be a disciple. Uh, don't, don't just be satisfied of just being saved. Okay, I, I'll get into that in a, in a minute. But uh, Mark chapter 1, I'll read uh, chapter 1, verse 16 to 20. Uh, I want you guys to hear what the command language sounds like. Kriya krawi dal ke banchun johan to pothoi nu preisu trong yeng mao knong sok galile wing. Prom tang prakah prap dam nang la o pino go preta. Pale willier ban some bright hoi. No go prea jet mao dal. Dochne chol pry jet hoi chur dam nang la o Verse 16. Kal preisu kampong tai kampong tai yeng tal tam chne samot. Galilee, Nutrong Tort Kern Simon, Nung Andre, Chip On Kapong Tai, Tom Let Un Knong Samot, Bud Cage in Net Nisat Tray, Throw me a tool how tie, Joel Mount Tam Knyom, Knyom Nung Tang Oi Net Nisat Manu Wing, Kako Tok Un Chow, Hide Dow Tam, Throng Tia Moiram Pector, Lutrong Yung Hua, Pinuban Tick, Got Tort Kern Jacob, Jacon Sebede, Nung Johan, Jeep on the Knong Tu, Kompong Tai, Chuch Chol, Un, Hai Trung Min Mantul Hau, K Mount Plim, K Ko Leh Chow, Sebe Day, Jeep a Pok, the Knong Tu, Jim Winang, Put, Jung Chnul, Ruit Da Tam Trung Tai. Amen? Okay. So I try my best to teach you something, a little bit of command when you want to hear you sound like. I just learned it the last six, seven years. Of course, I grew up here in America. Uh, got to America, uh, came to America as a refugee with my family, the war in the late 70s. And, uh, just thank you so much. And, uh, but I, look, I'm sorry, don't want to get ahead of, ahead of myself. And I'll tell you a little bit of my testimony along with the message. Okay, l- let us pray and we'll get started. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, Lord, just thank you so much for this morning. Uh, pray, thanks so much for faithful people. Thanks so much for your faithfulness, your love, Father. There's, uh, you, you are God. Uh, there's no one like you, Father. You're the true God. You created heaven and earth and everything therein. And thank you, Father, uh, that you use us, that you call us to the ministry, and that uh, you save us and given us eternal life. Uh, none of us will be here without you, Father. You're good to all people, save or unsaved. And I pray you, that your name will be magnified. Uh, you will be glorified and honored this morning. I pray you have your will and your way with me. Pray your Holy Spirit will guide my mouth, Lord, and help me to say the word that you want me to say. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, let me get started. Uh, I'm sorry, this is my wife right here, amen, and uh, Deborah. And uh, my name, well, let me, uh, it's spelled touch, and last name K-O, but don't worry about it. You can call me touch, amen. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but of course, my wife, my kids, four children, they're uh, up there. They all have uh, American names. But uh, my name, you, you won't have to worry about it. Just call me Kia or Touch or whatever you, you like. It's fine with me. But, uh, but I just want to talk about uh, salvation and the cost of discipleship. And I, I am so thrilled when I see your church. I see different people, disciple different people. That, that thrilled my heart. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, in the last five years, I've, our church focused a lot on discipleship. But before I, I get to that, and I just want to talk about in verse number 14... I mean, verse 15, it said that, uh, and saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. Yeah. Okay, that's, uh, that's, that's King Savior. You repent of your sin, have a change of mind about your sin. Okay, in 1988, I, I, I put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. I realized that I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. I realized that sin is wickedness. Okay, it's wickedness. I have done God wrong. But uh, sin and faith, sin and the gospel, I mean, uh, repentance and the gospel. But let me, uh, first of all, I just want to say, God desires that all lost people repent and believe the gospel. Amen? Or you can say it another way, God desires, God wants, wants all people to be saved. Doesn't matter who you are. Okay, God does not choose some to go to heaven and choose some to go, hell, to go to hell. God is not like that, friend. God loves all people. He will not be God 
if he, if he were to be like that. But God is not li- like that. He wants all people to be saved. Um, Pro- Proverbs 122. I, I taught him Proverbs, so I, I quote a little bit of a proverb. said, how long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in the scorning, and fools hate knowledge. As people, we were born in simplicity and foolish. And it's God's will that we, we know him and we serve him and live for him. Amen? And uh, let, me, let me go on. Not only that, Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Not only that, Second Peter 3.9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us would, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. That all people, friend, it is God's will that all, all people be saved. I thank God for that. Doesn't matter you from Southeast Asia like myself, from Africa, okay, South America. It's God's will that all people be saved. Okay, it's God's will that all people hear the gospel at least one time. Okay. One of the things that breaks my heart, I'm quite, I'm thankful for the church that sent missionary out. Like I said, I, I was reached by a missionary, John Cobble. He was sent out, out of Pinecrest Baptist Church. He, he went to start a church in South Atlanta, Southwest Atlanta, a mission outreach in his church. He had a burden for the Vietnamese people. And he sponsored, I, I, if I remember, 40 to 50 families from Vietnam. But I, I, one of my friends was, she was Vietnamese and she invited me to church and that's how I got saved. And that's how I got saved. So thank you again, friend, for supporting missionary. I would not be here without missionary. Tell you that right now. Not only that, um, uh, the Christian here in America. You know that uh, when I grew up in a, that Buddhist culture in Cambo- I was born in 1970. Now in my, in my life, and a lot of Cambodian life by the age. My mom changed us age. I w- I'm actually three years older than what it says on my license. Just to let you know ahead of time, I am not lying about my age. You can ask my mom, amen. But if you want to ask her, she's in Boston. But, uh, but anyway, I came here, you know, my family, we escaped the war in the, there in Southeast Asia, the war in Cambodia, 75 to 79, even before that. But the 75, 79 was when the communists ruled Cambodia. And Pol Pot and his communist regime killed about two million of his own people. I lost three members of my family, my father, my, my sister, my uh, youngest brother, my, my wife lost her father and her, her sister. Almost every Cambodian family is like that. We are not the only one. But we, we came here as refugees. But I, I, I want to tell you this. Never heard of Jesus. You know. But uh, we, when we got stuff for America, of course, you, when you go to a new land, new country, <laughs> you're scared to death, amen. And uh, especially when you, myself, as a Cambodian, never seen Caucasian or African American, and I, I was scared, man. And uh, wow, when the first time I saw Caucasian people was in um, the in a refugee camp in the in Philippines, and uh, my friend and I we stared at them like at least ten, fifteen minutes. I kept looking at them. I kept looking at myself. Whoa, how how they get so light or, or so white? Now Asian people now in uh, in Cambodia and in, in Thailand, they're fascinated. With, with light skin, they they all want to be light. And I tell some of our people, you guys are crazy. Some Americans want to be tan, but you guys want to be so white they put powder all over their face. And uh, but uh, let me let me get going. But I we were scared, scared. Of course, you you uh, you can understand that you go to a new country, a new land. But I want to tell you what what make all the difference in the world. It was a uh, the Christian here in America, the especially American Christian. I I, I tell you. Be honest with you. I remember churches reach out to the refugees. Would take us to churches, and as a little boy, I did not understand English yet, so I just want want toys, uh, gift, Christmas. We couldn't wait to Christmas. Then didn't understand anything, but I just remember uh, church would take my mom, my brother, us to church. But I, I didn't understand as a little boy, 11, 12 years old. But as I got older. When I third 14, 15, I started wondering about God. I started wondering, wondering about God. 
And I, I actually, I realized in my heart, this, this is a testament to Romans chapter 1, verse 25, chapter 2, verse 14, 15. No one has excuses. Everybody know, is aware there is a God. No one is born atheist. Trust me, friend. I could testify to that. As, I, as a teenager, because I was a bitter young person, no angry, angry at the world, be honest with you. I was just a bitter young person because I grew up without a father. That was the main thing. I was just full of hatred. Hatred, to, especially toward the communist, communist people. But uh, I remember praying two times before I got saved, God, if you're up there, help me. And uh, God already worked in my heart. And God used uh, uh, my, one of my classmates, her name is Kim Lin. She, one day she invited my friend, and she turned around and invited me. She said, Two, you want to go to church? Do I church? You're welcome to come. And uh, I walked that day, Sunday, January 30, 1980. Walked, I walked 45 minutes in the rain to, to go to church because I, I, I knew I needed something. When I went to church, here's his, here it is. I went to church. People, almost every, it was a small church at first. There was a mission outreach. I remember in the beginning it was 30, just 30, 40 people. And it seemed like everybody shook my hand. Everybody had a smile on their face. And then, you know, I grew up bitter, angry. I hardly ever smile. Pretty much a loner. And uh, when I saw that, I said, wow, what, what is people? They're so different from me. I want what they have. And when I heard the gospel preach, I did not hesitate. I raised my hand, and I, I asked Jesus to be my Savior. But I looked back to the, vet, to the people that invested, to the missionary, to the Christian, the American Christian. And you know, I, most South Asian people would not, be, would not hear the gospel and be saved. It wasn't it wouldn't for the Christian here in America or missionary. We would not. So thank you, friend. But I, I, let me go on. God desired that all lost people repent and believe the gospel. Okay? First uh, Timothy 2, 3 to 5. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of truth, of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. There is one God, friend. Buddha is not God. Buddha is dead long time ago, over 2,500 years ago, and he's, they still have his bone in the grave in Syria, I think Sri Lanka. And his bone of his finger in, in one of the cities in Cambodia. I'm thankful our Lord Jesus rose again from the dead, amen? Because he is God. He is God for so many years, friend, my people in darkness. I am thankful that there are missionaries here in, there in Cambodia right now preaching the gospel to my people. But for thousands, thousands of years, my people are under the demonic oppression, under the power of the devil, in darkness. But uh, God would have all men to be saved and to come to, unto the knowledge of the truth. Because God will that everyone be saved, friend. And I know there's some visitors, so I don't know. God knows your heart. And I encourage you, friend. I came from that Buddhist culture. No love, hatred, corruption. Okay, I know America not perfect, but overall, you know, we have a lot of Christians in America. I'm thankful for that. But uh, I came from that culture. I, I, as a teenager, growing that Buddhist culture, okay, I fought with my brothers one time, 76, 77. We barely spoke for o- over 10 years. Full of hatred, bitterness. And g- growing up there in Atlanta, Georgia, um, in the early 80s, my our public school, Emma Hutchinson Elementary School, they still had prayer in the public school. And I remember um, our teacher, would, when, we, when we would line up to go to the cafeteria, she would ask one of the students to say grace. If you don't know how to say grace, you have to check out a book from the library. <laughs> and I wasn't saved. But, but I remember when I got older, I, I remember, hey, what? and even my friends, and my classmates, and then I remember a couple of my class would make fun of me. They would ask me, hey, you believe in Jesus? And I had no idea who Jesus was. And I said, I don't know. And then uh, when I shake my hand, no. And I said, oh, you're the devil. And, uh, but God used that. God used that. When I, I saw my classmate, they, you know, in the South, <laughs> I'm sure most of you know, it's the Bible Belt. There's church in almost every corner, amen. It seemed like everybody go to church. And, uh, 
my friend, my classmate, they would fight. Five minutes later, they would hug each other and play with just like nothing. And I'm like, these guys crazy? American crazy or something? I've never seen that. But God used it as I got older. Why are these people, why are they so forgiving? Because at least they, they know about Jesus. I mean, most of them are, are probably saved. So I'm thankful for that. But God, it's God's will, friend, that all people will repent of their sin and, and turn to Jesus for salvation. Amen. And I encourage you, if, you, if you, someone here is lost, you don't know Jesus as God, or you're unsure, trust me, only, there's only, Jesus is God. He is a true God. Okay. When, when I got saved in 1988, wow, no, nobody had to beg me to ask me, make me go to church. Immediately, I, man, I, I want to live for God. But I'm sorry. But let me, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me, let me go on a little further. But there is God's will, friend. God desired that all lost people repent and believe the gospel. Believe the gospel. To be saved. And I want to encourage you, if you, you, someone here, you're not sure about your salvation, talk to pastors, talk to someone here. But let me, let me go on. I want to talk about discipleship. And our church in Cambodia, we, we focus on a lot of discipleship. Of course, we pass our track, we witness. We go to like 15 to 20 villages every week, okay? But uh, not only God desired that all lost people be saved, God desired that all saved people will follow, will follow him, will follow Jesus, or, or become a disciple, okay? I want to say this, okay? I know what you think, but it's clearly teaching our Bible. Not, not all Christians are a follower of Jesus. Not all Christians are living for God. Not all Christians are obedience to God. And, uh, you know, the theme here, be obedient. That's what I want to talk about. Are you obedient? Okay, that, that's what a disciple is. They, they, they want to obey God. They want to live for God. Okay? And I, I want to share, well, before I go, I'm sorry, I forgot this statement. There are over two billion people in the world who, who have not, who have never heard the gospel. Uh, most of them are in the 1040 window. In, in Asia, okay, there are a lot of people group. In many cases, have never heard the name of Jesus even once. As two, there, are, there are over two billion people. As most of them in ten forty window have never heard the name of Jesus even once. And many of them will go their entire lives without ever meeting a Christian. And I, I want you to think about that. Over two billion people. There's, there, I think there's seven point one billion people in this world. But there are over two billion that never will go through their entire lives. We never even heard the gospel, even heard the name of Jesus even one time. And most of them are in, in the 1040 window. I'm pretty sure you, some of you might have heard of a 1040 window. But uh, secondly, but first of all, God desired that all lost people will, will get saved. Secondly, God desired that all saved people will, will follow Jesus, will become a disciple of Jesus. And then that's what the Bible tells in verse 15, talk about salvation. Repent and, and believe the gospel. Verse 17 and 18. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Okay. And they straightway, they forsook their nets and followed him. Immediately. They did not pray about it, think about it. They didn't even pray about it. They said, oh, we want to follow Jesus. Okay. But uh, let me let me tell you this. Well, in verse, Luke chapter 9, verse 23, 26. If you want, you have your Bible, you can turn there, but I'll, I'll just read. I have it here in my note. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Daily. It didn't say once a week. Daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what, for what is a man advantage? If he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away. For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and his fathers and of the holy angels. But I, I want to say this. When we, after we get saved, God desire that you and I become disciples or, or live for him. Be obedient to him. Okay? Not all Christians are living for God. A lot of people, some of the people that I invest in, and my wife and I, uh, when they were a teenager, some of them not live for God now. 
Sometimes it breaks my heart. All I see, well, they always talk about going places, uh, fun, pleasure, posting food. I want to see somebody post about life being changed, amen, or family being witnessed to. Okay? Spending time with family is fine, but sometimes I see Christian people already posted about food. You know? <laughs> I don't want to know why it's okay, but it's all, all the time, you know, life's not all about food, amen? Even though I eat a lot, amen? But, uh, but let me, let me go on. But, uh, Luke, uh, book of Luke chapter 9, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, forget self. Don't live for self. Forget your dream, your desire. You know, before, before, um, before I got saved, even after I got saved, my first year, I, even though I was saved, I struggled. I struggled a lot. I was up like a yo-yo. Okay. I was not living for God that first year after I got saved. Because I did not have a, the right motive going to church. I liked a girl in the church, and that was my main motivation. I'll be honest with you. But I was a yo-yo. I would, I would read my Bible one, one day, and the next two weeks, I would, I would not even open my Bible one time. I remember one time clearly, I remember I didn't read my Bible like two or three weeks. And I was so convicted, I read the book of Job, for all 40 chapters in two hours. <laughs> I was speed reading, amen. I was so convicted. But uh, I was not living for God that first year. That first year, I was not living for God. But I remember 1990, I was so under conviction. I, I, I actually backslid for a few months. But I was so under conviction, one day I remember I... The, the storefront church that the building, I, you can climb through the back window. I, climbed, I went to, to the church building one day, and uh, I think on a Thursday or Friday, and I, I, I opened a song book, I sang a song, and I went to altar, and I, put my, I, I went to altar by myself. And I, I, I told God, God, from this day on forward, I want to give my life to you. I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to live for you. And friend, that's what a disciple is. Okay. Not all Christians are disciples of Jesus. Well, if a Christian is not living for God, who's not obeying God, you're not a disciple of Jesus. I, I'd be, be up front with you. Okay, our Bible teaches clearly. But uh, let me then go on back to this passage. The Bible said, let him deny himself. You know, before I got saved, uh, even after I got saved a little bit, I want to live that American dream, of course, coming from that poor country. I want to have a big house. A house by the lake, amen, even a river, a pond, a boat, motorcycle, you name it, I want it all. I, want, I, I even want palm trees to line up to the opening of the house. That was my dream house. Okay. If you have a house like that, it's not, it's not sinful if you've got to give it to you. <laughs> okay. But that was my, my desire. But after I got saved and, and gave my, heart to God, my life to God, it even sport, I, I saw you guys post softball league. Wow. I want to drop everything, join the softball team, amen. <laughs> I play softball for our church, but uh, let me let me get that. But the Bible said, deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Whatever God has for you, take up your cross. Let me share something. I I got this from a friend, from my Johnny Esposito. He said that. Uh, he said that uh, in those days, about two thousand years ago. When, when somebody, what, Jesus, what did Jesus say is take up your cross? He said, when somebody carried the cross out of Jerusalem, the people in Jerusalem know that person is not coming back. That person would die. So what does it, how does it relate to us? When God says take up your cross, when God, said, God expects to give us life to him, don't turn back to the world. Don't go back. Live for him. Die to self. Forget about self. Okay? And never forget that. You think about that. The cross of Jesus, he died on the cross for you and I. But I, we know he rose again. But the cross of Jesus. And the Bible used the cross. Take up your cross. Forget self. You know, as I, I am so torn. I'll be honest. I love rich working with my people there in Cambodia. And uh, here in America, you know, we, we need that re- revival. I'm thankful for churches that, I know, of course, that you can have local revival. I know there are churches that are thriving. I'm thankful for that. I see you here, you pretty packed. You definitely need your new building, amen. 
Well, wow, that new building needs to be finished. Uh, uh, f- work fast, run fast or something, I don't know. I, but uh, wow. Yeah. But, uh, you know, not all churches like this, I'll be honest with you. Because I, I love this country. And I owe, I, your court, I owe a debt to the Christian here in America. But I love this country. And I see the spirit decline in this country. I, I'm, to be honest, I'm heartbroken. Many times I'm in tears. Because I, I would love to see America, church in America, Christian America, come back to God. My heart is for the Southeast Asian nation and here in America. We need more people that will become disciples of Jesus. Let me uh, show you real quick what, what uh, the characteristics of a disciple desire to spend time with the master. Okay. They want to spend time with God, with Jesus, with the Savior. Okay. A disciple desires to learn all things from the master. You don't pick and choose, not like a buffet, amen. Buffet, you pick and choose. But you, are just, if you decide to follow God, you want to learn all things from Jesus. Whatever God has for you. You don't say, oh God, I learned, did learn to give, but I won't learn to love all people. It's not like that. Jesus loved all people. I was just teaching my family last night about the Good Samaritan. Okay? God loved all people. I'm glad God loved me. You know, I, I as a teenager, I, I felt rejected. I was not close to my mom or my brother. I was just, sorry, I'm serious, I was just a big time loner. Hate, hated life, hated self. Did not, did not want to live, to be honest with you. Two times I came very close. I did not want to live. But when I got saved, wow. This life no longer belonged to me. It belonged to Jesus. It belonged to him. It's no longer about me. It's long, no longer, I don't have to throw that self-pity party anymore, amen. It's all about God. Jesus is the center, he is, he is number one. He is everything. We owe our life to God. But let me go on. A disciple desires to learn all things from the master. A disciple desires to be like the master. Friend, I encourage you, do you want to be like Jesus today? I am far from being like Jesus, man. Wow. Even this morning, I'm sitting there, hey, am, am I smiling? Or am I thinking about something bad or thinking about sport or something? Man, I want to be like Jesus. I want to love like Jesus loved. I want, I want to have compassion like Jesus. I want to have that gracious word like my Savior. When he spoke in Luke chapter 7 or 6, verse 7 and 8, even the Pharisee, the scribes said, no man speak like that man. No man. That's our Lord Jesus. But a disciple decided to be like that master. And friend, I encourage you as Christians, do you want to be like Jesus? Do you want to love people like Jesus? Do you want to have a heart for people like Jesus? Do you want to reach people like Jesus? You you live like Jesus. No no man, I know Jesus is God and man, but no man humble, humble himself like Jesus, friend. Wow. I think about the humility of our Lord Jesus. You think about it. How can I say no to God when Jesus was willing to become a human being? How can I say no to my people and go back to our country that I escaped from? How can I say no to that when my Jesus gave up the glory in heaven for a while? He did not stop being God, but he, he came down from heaven. And he never thought about himself for one moment. Even had nowhere to lay his head. Wow, I think about that. How can I say no to my Lord Jesus? How can I not give up sport? How can I not give up the, my own dream? I think about my Lord Jesus. But let me go on. A disciple trusts in the leading of their master to lead them in the right path. You know, when then the, the, these men, the disciples of Jesus, apostle, decided to follow Jesus, they didn't worry about where they going to go. They didn't ask him, oh, where, where are you going, Jesus? They just follow him. They trust him. They forsook everything and trust him. You know, I think about, you know, in the mining, they use this headlight. The headlight, uh, the certain headlight, you can only see like a few steps in front of you, a uh, little at a time. 
And I think about God's will. That's how it is. God doesn't show us everything all at once. You have to trust him. Follow him. You know, I'm, as, as, as a Christian, I grew up in Atlanta. <laughs> and uh, I start going so, uh, door knocking. And um, I, I even start picking up people for ch- for church. I had even had to, to teach a children. And I had no Bible knowledge because nobody really, I had nobody really disciple me personally. So I didn't know, didn't, even at one time, I'd I be honest, my, my church, because uh, things happened, and uh, the first part had to leave, and then uh, things happened, it went downhill, and uh, the music minister left, I even had to leave music. Wow. Couldn't care, I cannot care too. When my wife and kids sing a special, I am not invited to sing with them. They would not let me sing. In fact, my, thing, my, my wife paid me not to sing with her, man. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, Going down Atlanta, and then, then uh, um, what happened was when I start knowing my heart that God wanted me to reach my people, I, I heard about a church in California that have a Cambodian ministry. And I had to go from Atlanta, the Bible Belt, <laughs> the culture I'm used to, to California, a new country, amen. Wow. That was mind-boggling. That was shocking. And uh, most most of the people I grew up around, they, they were hoping that America, would, I mean, not America, but California fall off the map. And that's why I, I thought the culture I grew up in. But uh, but because I gave my life to God, I said, God, wherever you lead me. Nicely, I moved out by myself, of course, from my pastor, uh, a, a blessing, advice, counsel. I, I went out to California. But disciple, they trust in the leading of the master. Lead in the right path. But let me uh, go on. Let me quote, give you some quote. Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ. When we lose discipleship, we lose vibrant Christianity. The New Testament is a book about disciples, by disciples, and for disciples of Jesus Christ. That's what the New Testament is for. And I want to encourage you, friend. God wants us to be disciples, to be followers of Jesus. All of us. To live for him, to be obedient to him. In all areas. Okay? All areas. God wants to follow him. One one of my, my favorite missionary, Hudson Taylor. And he said that it, it, it will not do, it will not do to, do to say that you have no special call to go to China. With these facts before you and with the command of the Lord Jesus to go and preach the gospel to every creature, you need rather to ascertain whether you have a special call to stay at home. That was his quote. Okay. God already given us a great commission, friend, to go and preach the gospel to the whole world. Actually, the great commission is to make disciples. To make disciples. You know, in the Cambodian Bible, they don't translate, teach it's just translate to make disciple because that's a meaning from the Greek to make disciple. Okay, but let me uh, go on. CT start. If Jesus Christ be God and die for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for Him. Okay, Jesus Christ was a pretty well-off man, but he gave up everything—the richness—he became a missionary. I don't remember it's China or. It was China, but uh, Oswald Chambers. Obedience to the call of Christ nearly always costs everything to two people, the one who is called and the one who love, loves that one. Let me, uh, but I, I want to encourage you, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Are you being obedient to God? Are you spending time with Jesus? And, and even as men, husband, father, or you you teaching your family, discipling your family. When I first, <laughs> I did not know much about that a, few, a, a, a while back. But the more I, I study my Bible, the more I think about discipleship. I, you know, I every every week there in Cambodia, I witness personally. I mean, sorry, this beside uh, passing that track, beside witnessing, the disciple anywhere from fifteen to twenty five people every week, and I love it. I love it. But uh, let, let me get that. But I want to encourage you, even as father, as husband, you investing in your family, your kids. Okay. Let me let me go on. 
not only that, number three, number number one, I, I, I want to say God desired that all lost people repent and believe the gospel and get saved. God desired that all saved people become a disciple of Jesus. Not only that, thirdly, God commands all disciples to make disciples, for us to make disciples. Okay? Uh, let me read a couple of quotes. Discipleship isn't a program or an, or an event. It's a way of life. It's not for a limited time, but for, for our whole life. Discipleship isn't for beginners only. It is for all believers for every day of their life. Discipleship isn't just one of the things the church does. It is what the church does. It's not just part of the advancement of God's kingdom. The existence of serious disciple is the most important evidence of God's work on earth. Without enough of these workers, the task languish and the work remains incomplete. And I want to encourage you. God commands to make disciples. Not just to witness them, but to make disciples. And I encourage you to invest in somebody. You, as, as, physically speaking, you, you think about a woman giving birth. When a, a, a lady gives birth to that child, she don't leave that child on its own. She nurtures that child. Feed that child. Change that child. And, and that's what, what discipleship is. And I want to encourage you, get into it. I, I, I focus on a lot more than I've been on the mission field. Okay, we encourage our people to, to, to go out, witness to your family, your friends, your neighbors, and, and invest your time in them. Okay, invest your time in them. And I, for a long time, I'll be honest, when I got saved, I was just going to church, and when I went to Bible college, did not know it, did not know the Bible that much at all. I grew a little bit here and there because I was just going to church. But I didn't really have anybody personally disciple me. And I, I was weak. When I first started going to Atlanta Baptist College in 1993, this is after three, four years I got saved. When people talk about the tribulation, talk about different things. Uh, um, even a, a teacher teased about the book of Hezekiah, opened the book of Hezekiah. I started opening the Bible because I did not know much of the Bible. That's one thing I regret. I didn't... was. I didn't have anybody personally disciple me. But I learned, learned about discipleship even more since I've been on a mission for a friend. And I want to encourage you, invest in somebody. You know, somebody with your friends, your neighbors, your, your family. One of our church, we work with the Muslim people. The Jam people in Cambodia are Muslim. And then how we start a church in a Muslim community is all because of the people we reach and they go back to their family member. Go back to their family member. I mean, even in 2012, I, must, I almost got killed by the Muslim. Got kicked out. Our church got kicked out of the Muslim village. But there's a, in this evening, you'll see the uh, testimony of these former Muslims that were saved, all because of your investment, all because we, we emphasize, go back to your families. Go back to your people. Invest your time in them. People all over America, your neighbors need you, friend. But let me, let me go on. God commands all disciples to make disciples. Okay? Making disciples has nothing to do with winning others over to a, a philosophy or turning them into nice people smile a lot. Rather, the Great Commission launched a rescue mission. All followers receive orders with full authority to take action wherever they happen to be. Discipleship involves saving people from themselves and eternal oblivion. Permitting the transforming power of God to change them from the inside out. All is a great commission. Keyword, all authority, all sacrifice, all our effort, all the time for all people. Discipleship, friend. I want to encourage you. Invest in somebody. Invest in somebody. Okay. You can help somebody. I, I quote, say this thing. It is important to keep in mind we, we will produce who and what we are, not what we want, preach, or teach. I want to tell you that. People catch what we are, our action. Our actions speak way more louder than our word. Now, teaching is good, all that, but it's our action, our behavior. People, I'm, I want to say that again, it's important to keep in mind that we will reproduce who and what we are, not what we want, preach, and teach. Therefore, if we are going to reproduce committed disciples of Jesus Christ, we must be one. If I want my children to be the disciples of Jesus Christ, I must be that example. I must be that example. 
What is discipleship? Discipleship is an intentional process whereby one man or woman helps one or, or help one or more men and or, or woman to grow in God's grace, number one, to grow in their love for Jesus, to grow in Christ's likeness, to be better equipped to not only live the Christian life, but to serve in the harvest fields of life, both here and abroad. And I want to encourage you as a Christian, I'm thankful for your faith to God. But are you investing in somebody, your neighbor, friend, somebody that you can help them? You know that my, my son, I, I'm not saying this to brag, but I, we try our best. Sometimes we can't. We try our best. Every meeting, every city we go to, I try to take my son out door knocking. But most people that attend church, very few come from door knocking, I'll be honest with you. But we still go out because it's a God, that's God's commandment. We still ought to go out. But most people that come to church, they get saved. Like myself, I was invited by a, a friend in school. Most people that get saved are your neighbors, your friend, your relative, people that you know, people that you know. But later, mom, done. Give me a couple minutes. Minute. But God commands all disciples to make disciple. And uh, let me. Say this. Karen Watson is a missionary, but she was martyr in Iraq. When God calls, there are no regrets. I try to share my heart with you as much as, as possible. My heart for the nations. I wasn't called to a place. I was called to him. To obey my objective, to, to obey, to obey was my objective. To suffer was expected. His glory, my reward. Karen Watson, a missionary martyr in Iraq. And first of all, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. I'm going to, this is how a pastor ought to put notes away so they won't be tempted to go on. Amen. Okay. So this is how I know you. I'm landing the airplane. Okay. Don't want to be tempted to go on because I, I was shy before. Didn't want to say. Now I'm, 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 I'm like Moses. Before I made all excuses, but once Moses got going, he never stopped. If you read the Old Testament, that's how I am sometimes. Amen. When it gets going, because it's good to talk about God. Amen. But uh, I want to encourage you. First of all, now I didn't get the last point. The last point is the cost of discipleship. I can tell you all kinds of about people, especially our, our, our Muslim people that got saved. They go through all kinds of persecution. All kinds of persecution. And uh, maybe I share with you some a little bit this evening. And uh, some of them, one one of my lady lost her husband. Her husband divorced her, kicked her out of the house. The cost of discipleship. And of course, that passage for that, Luke chapter nine, verse fifty-seven, sixty-two. But first of all, I want to encourage you: if you anybody here who's not saved, who don't know for sure you're going to heaven when you die, you don't know Jesus as your savior. There's only one God, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust me, Buddha is not God. Muhammad is not God. Hindu, they believe there's millions, millions of God. Friend, there's only one God. Okay, there's only one God. Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. Buddha is still in the grave. Muhammad is still in the grave. Or the religious leader. Okay. There's one, a couple guarantees, but one guarantee is that you all... You and I, we're all going to die one day. And for, for, I, if anybody here is not saved, I, I put my faith and trust in Jesus in 1988. I am so glad I'm saved. I have a reason to live. My, my life is full of joy. God gave me peace. I want to serve him. I live my life for God. I'm re, I, reach, I get to have opportunity to reach my people for God. But secondly, if you're a Christian and you're already saved, I'm glad. I'm, I rejoice with you. But are you, are you obedient to him? Are, are you living for him? Okay. America needs more Christians living for him. That's a hope, friend. I hope it's not in the White House. Or, amen. Okay. Our hope is in God, in, 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 in the Bible, in our Lord Jesus Christ. It, every time I want to read about things that, you know, we, America, we start losing our freedom little by little, and uh, uh, Christians start being persecuted. You know, I just a, even a couple of days ago, I read that um, 
in the military, they put a Bible with an unknown soldier on a table displaying stuff. And somebody got that to be taken out in a couple, a couple of states already. They take the Bible out. They don't want the Bible to be displayed with, on the table with, with an unknown soldier that lost during the wartime and stuff. See where we're going? I don't know what it, what that do to you. But it breaks my heart because I love this country. But, so secondly, I want to encourage you. If you're a Christian, you are a saved. Are you living for him? And that's what a disciple is, living for God. Want to do God's will. And uh, thirdly, I, uh, not only you you living for being a disciple yourself, but are you investing in somebody? Are you discipling somebody? Me as even men, I, I, sometimes I, I am not as careful. I don't invest much time, but God always speaks to my heart. Don't forget my, my kids, my wife. They need me to be an example. I need to teach my family. Your family is your most important ministry, friend. Don't lose your family. Okay. I love rich people, but at the same time, I'm discipling 15, I disciple anywhere from 15, 20 people every week. Three different couples every, every Thursday when they're in Cambodia. Are you involved in reaching somebody for Jesus? You think about pastor, of course. I'm going to tell you, pastor, pastor Nate, they can't do it themselves. If everybody invests in somebody, man, this church can even double or quadruple, can multiply even more, amen? I would love to see that. I would love to see more American, American here, people here in America getting saved. I, it breaks my heart. We just came from Loveland when my son and I knocked on the door, and people tell us not interested. It breaks my heart. I had to go home. I go. I pray to God in tears. I've gone to you. Okay. I know it's not easy making disciple, but God loves all people. Somebody, there's somebody you can reach. Somebody you know that 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 they're comfortable with you. You can invest in them. John Carver invested in me. He was a missionary. I would not be here without him. I would not be here without American Christian in this nation. Think about my pastor Joe Esposito. I think about my Bible college pastor Paul Chapel. All these men that I appreciate, I'm thankful for. Okay, let, let us pray. I pray and I hand it over to Pastor. Father, thanks so much for this morning. Thanks so much for your word. I pray you speak to hearts, Father, in Jesus' name, Pastor.